Festival Special. So it is the refreshing pod and this is kind of like a second home for me over the past couple of weeks because I have found myself in Brooks Bar. Celia AB, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Bonjour. Bonjour. Um, I need to start off. I did see you the other night. Did you? Yes, I did. Oh my God, you sneaky boy. Well, I was the sneaky boy who sneaked in. I wasn't that guy, and this is why I remember the performance now. I wasn't that bloke who sneaked out midway through, if you remember. Oh, he snuck out one minute in or something. It was like, I've been thinking about this boy every day since it happened. (laughs) I think... In hindsight, I think he came to the wrong show and realised... The inside knowledge from this, he did have, as I know, because I could see, he did have a orange pass on. He so did. I don't know that yet. So I he think... Did. And I think he left his wife there or whoever he was with. Maybe it wasn't his wife. I don't know. So oh, my God. Maybe he must have had another show to go to because he was a fool to leave it. Yes. If, <laughs> if he's here, if he listens to this... Let's have a catch-up, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll meet you outside by the bins. I'll send you the, I'll send you the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so the show in question, no one else sneaked out because it's brilliant. It's second rodeo. Pleasant's Courtyard, half past seven. Celia's on to around about the 27th of August. There are so many things connected with your name and there's so many things I need to divulge. All good stuff. Uh, best mm-hmm. newcomer. Writing credits for the BBC and Comedy Central. Born in Paris. Now London. Via Birmingham. If you know, you know, but for those who don't know the world of Celia AB, how come all that came about? Why was the connection from France to Birmingham Birmingham via London? I loved England at the time, and I really wanted to move (laughs) At the time. At the time. (laughs) Things have changed. I, uh, I loved England. I loved British comedy so much, and I wanted to study film. We didn't have that much money growing up, so we didn't have the, the cash flow to pay for film school. Yeah. So instead, we settled on me staying in my cousin's, boyfriend's, family's spare room in a council estate in Birmingham <laughs> for three weeks, which was my 19th birthday present. And then... <laughs> was it memorable? So memorable. <laughs> it's, uh, and that was in 2014... I thought it was going to be just for a couple of weeks and then I just stayed and stayed and stayed and I I then got into stand-up a couple of years after that. Had it always been sort of in the back of your mind and even going back to being in France and obviously moving since 2014, yeah. was it a case of I can stand up and tell stories and make people laugh? Oh God, no. I, was, uh, I loved comedy. I used to, I've been writing jokes for myself since I was a kid. I've always loved words. I've always had an admiration for people that did it, but yeah. I was quite a... Uh, I was a chatty kid, but not one that wanted to be on stage ever. It took me a good two years of doing stand-up to start enjoying being on stage. Right, okay. Um, I like to demystify stand-up for people because it is just a craft and it is something that anyone can do if they work hard at it. But I've never thought I would do it for as long as I did. I get bored of stuff very quickly. (laughs) And uh, I used to do music. Then after music, I did photography. And stand-up is the only one that's stuck for as long as it has. Do you know what? It's quite interesting because saying about your love of of words and obviously telling stories, Mm -hmm. one thing what stood out majorly was a chunk of Second Rodeo the other day in terms of the sketch with the bus. Now, I I always say this and and I always like to reiterate, I don't want to just kind of give away Mm -hmm. the entire 45 minutes to an hour on the microphone in 20 minutes. I feel that's absolutely silly. But... That kind of is all you need to know. If you go and watch Celio, and, and you, you should, you, you will see that. But I haven't kind of seen that comedy for years of just... Literally, you can hear a pin drop. It's you. The eyes are on you. You are mm-hmm. acting various different things out. And absolutely, it was mesmerising to see, honestly. And you had the audience from going literally high, low, and then, where the hell has this come yes, from? Yes, it's... Um 
kind of self-serving because I, it gets to like maybe 15 minutes into the show and I'm tired of hearing my own voice. So <laughs> <laughs> this, this repetitive thing of I get bored easily. Yeah, you can't get bored like, of yourself. It's just like I spoke for so long. Let's give everyone a break. And then, <laughs> and I never thought I would do like any sort of like miming or anything like it. So it's not like, you know, I'm not a clown or... A, that bit started as a 12 second sort of like quick act out. <laughs> and then it gets longer and longer every time I do it. I like the fact that there are different laughs that you get in that bit. When people like that bit, they really like it. Yeah, yeah. I went to see a show called Flat in the Curve. and I interviewed them a couple of amazing. days ago. They're brilliant. They actually hear in the present state. They're Stone, amazing. There's, yeah. um, there's a bit in their show where it's mostly physical, and mm. I was howling. <laughs> and I think there's something about how absurd it is to be in a nice venue and then just having a play and not talking and you know not the whole audience likes that bit but people who like it really like it and, and that's it when you say the people who do like it but there's always that start where people go oh, mm-hmm. oh, do we laugh do we not where's this going and then other <laughs> people start a little bit of a titter and then someone mm-hmm. else joins in yeah it's a fantastic thing thank you so much um, speaking of buses I just want to drop in that you have the coolest 26 to 30 rail card ever that, oh, yeah. you've seen it I like to dive deep in Instagrams do you know what I mean I'll be in your DMs before uh, midnight <laughs> but honestly I thought that was absolutely brilliant I just wanted to jump that in I was like is there a theme of public transport thank during you. this but no I commute a lot I don't mind people knowing it <laughs> <laughs> is that the easiest way to get round? <laughs> oh, yeah. I would say so. Horseback would be fun, but... Yeah, I could see you on horseback. It's hard to find one. Especially in second rodeo. There's exactly. A there, hey. yeah. Speaking of, so this is more research. A purposely lifestyle characterised by deep satisfaction in how someone spends time and energy. That is, according to Google, what a second rodeo actually is. Yeah. Correct or not? Yes. I think there's something about the... Uh, the idea for the show, like I, I never say this explicitly in the show, is that I've always put a lot of pressure on myself to always be as close to perfect as I can in everything I try and do. And the idea for the show is to be more relaxed and to just be more playful and how it's okay that not everyone will like something if yeah. you really like it. It's about sort of like changing the balance from me having to tune on to audiences and trying to get everybody to like it to like doing something that I really like and having the people who like it tune on to it. And second rodeo is a thing of like, it's start from a joke of like, most people would still be quite bad on their second rodeo <laughs> and it's fine. Yeah, totally. Is yeah. that where that kind of relatable element comes in? Because I know there's a couple of gags I'm trying to be relatable, but it, does that yeah. sort of almost monitoring the response when you say that? Yeah, so there's, it's interesting to me the idea of having to be relatable all the time and how I think that like some com- comedians do it brilliantly. And yeah. I love really traditional stand-up as well. I love so many different types of comedy. There is something that I really enjoy about sort of like choosing your audience and going for something that is a bit closer to what I like because I think you can get trapped in comedy if you attract the wrong audience. Yeah. And then you get trapped doing things that you don't like because that's what sells tickets. And I'm at a good point in my career where I'm early enough that I can fine-tune it, hopefully before. And uh, working with Mike Wozniak and seeing so many shows that are so sort of like interesting, clever and odd and non-apologetic about being odd has been kind of changed the way I see comedy a little bit. And the background for those who might not know, so Mike Wozniak is kind of Taskmaster fame. He goes well back to the early days of the Edinburgh Fringe. Taskmaster kind of started at the Fringe to a small degree, so, yeah. from what I know. And he's, is he working? He's directing you, directing and producing. So is having someone like that's input very good to go, do you know what? You're going down a wormhole, sod it, yeah. come away, 
think again is that it, really good it's also like it's loosely directed it so I've, I've spoke to him a lot about the show and he was acted like a soundboard and a um the thing with mike is that i saw his show Sousa last year one of the best hours of stand-up i've seen hour and a half of stand-ups i've ever seen and it was i saw it so theater i saw a crowd of people laughing at some of the like oddest whimsical smartest things i've ever seen and it, it showed me that you can do the stuff that you really like on stage and people will find it he's been huge in terms of like making me feel more confident about stuff and making me non as compromising as i was and not as nice as like as a french brown woman living in the uk most people have prejudices against me right instead of having my personality being defined as like please like me even if i'm this i've changed it to no i'm going to do the things i think is funny and i'm not going to try and get you to i always find it weird when i see reviews or things people asking me to talk more about my background because you wouldn't do that to someone you've just met in a cafe <laughs> do you know what I'll mean? just get rid of this second page no but <laughs> yeah no but you know what? you wouldn't like as a woman of color who's a uh, french and living in the uk and all these things when someone meets me they don't go tell me everything about you i want to know everything about your background and where was i growing up you just chat to someone normally and i don't understand how something about being amplified and on stage makes some people quite i think disappointed if you don't talk about it and again i love traditional stand-up i love people who do talk about it if they want to some of my favorite shows talk about being a minority and i think when it's done brilliantly it's amazing but i don't like that it's kind of become the basic yeah do you feel like it's kind of at the top of the umbrella and it's just going to rain down the matter it's icky when it's a white man a straight white British man who's disappointed I don't talk about. Like, it's, it, it makes me feel a bit... It's a bit perverted, I think, in, <laughs> in a weird way. I don't think they get to decide what a woman of colour gets has to talk about. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it shouldn't, because like you say, you wouldn't turn around and ask that to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so. imagine if we sat down and I was like, what was it like growing up as a white boy? <laughs> yeah. Like, you'd be like, what, we do it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, we do it? That's not... Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's also like that thing of a... I was talking to Mary O'Connell about this, who's a brilliant stand-up, who's doing her debut, but how um, there is an expectation of not being alternative when you're not a sort of like white woman of, you know, you know what I mean? And I think there is, it is changing, but it's tricky at the minute, but I think that it'll be worth it. Do you think it will, it will change as the months and time goes by? Change the years go by. People, TikTok and Instagram and all the social media has made people more nuanced than ever because they're, it used to be a thing of like someone gets to have three things about them and now because you get real people on your phones and you get real sketch acts and people are becoming more nuanced and the next generation are just less judgmental up front i think yeah exactly yeah well let's hope that continues because mm-hmm. it should do one thing i do want to ask though is last year's show was swimming yeah i need to say did you crack it or not because i don't like being out my depth and <laughs> honestly I, there's a health club i go to i kid you not <laughs> And the swimming pool, it was a really old school swimming mm-hmm. pool. So you're going down and you can kind of stand up. I like to know if I'm swimming, if I need to stop, I can I can stand up. Yeah. If this pool, <laughs> half the size of it, you couldn't. And I was like, I'd just be gone. I'd see you later. Which pool is it? It's a pool, right. So it's been redone. It's a, uh, This makes me sound like a right twat. <laughs> but it's at the, you know, the Balmoral Hotel? Yes. The very famous Balmoral. There's a lovely yeah. spa down there. Is there? It's been redone because they've retiled the pool. So now, got in for the first time the other day, casually walked down, absolutely fine, mm. only up to here. So, yeah. So, yes. But kind of swim but like it's I don't, terrifying I need, I need to know I can stop swimming if I need to <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely that swimming was a debut and it was um it was an introduction show and I still swim most of the time I still do it um but it's kind of um it's weird because when I used to write the show swimming I would be swimming four times a week 
and then you just feel like you're drowning in the word swimming. <laughs> but, but, but now, when I do it, it's just like it's attached to so much nostalgia. Because I only learned to swim three years ago. Okay. And I still have to like, I, I'm on manual when I do it. Like I'm not like, I'm thinking, I'm like, it was a, a really fun show today. Yeah. I was going to say as well, if I can just bring in something, and it is in the show, but this question was written down before I seen Second Radio the other day. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the near-death experience in Thought Park. Yes. It was really intriguing to me to see like how close it was. Like, maybe I thought, is this connected with swimming? Have you fallen out the roller coaster well, or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, near-death experience. So it's um, that bit of the show, because, again, I never say this explicitly in the show, but it was a tough year last year, and going to Thought Park kind of like enlightened a few things like being up on a roller coaster and being so close to just what I thought was death because <laughs> I've never been up on a roller coaster and I was like, well, obviously this is insane that I'm up. I thought I was going to die. Was this honestly genuinely your first time? In yeah. Any right, because I was like, oh my God. It's that crazy. I don't think they should be legal. I think it's the most frightening thing in the world. I don't like that it's teenagers in charge of them. Where I was from, a seaside town called Southport near Liverpool, mm -hmm. but there was a place called the Original Pleasureland owned by the same people, right? <laughs> Nothing sexual. Uh, the same people who own Blackpool, that kind yes. of the Blackpool Pleasure Beach, which is very famous. They had wooden roller coasters, mm -hmm. I kid you not. So it's what, crazy. at least you were properly strapped in, but you still didn't feel safe? Well, it's not because I'd never been on one. It was 10 a.m. It was rainy. We shot up into the sky. To tell you how <laughs> unprepared I was, I had my phone in my hands. Okay, ready to mistakes. sort of like scroll through it. <laughs> and then, yeah, as I was saying, it was quite a sad year last year and going there and like... When I say near-death experiences, the idea that I was feeling very sad and then being so close to what I saw as death because I was, <laughs> I, you I know. I feel like I shouldn't laugh. Just being so <laughs> terrified and thinking, oh, well, this is the end for me because I'm going to slip out and just like my what like, a way to go. sort of force onto a truck or something. And like, <laughs> and it made me go, oh, no, I still like it here. I don't want to, <laughs> I would like to stay strapped in. Yeah, again, I'll never say this explicitly in the show, but that's what I mean by near-death experience in Thought Park and because the show is the idea is that it's very silly and uplifting I've thought about having a very explicit way of explaining why all of this but it feels more it doesn't feel genuine yeah. for me to every night say this is what the show is about yeah so. and it goes back to what you were saying before that you need to just know and trust and believe in what you want to do and, and yeah and also there's so many shows with meanings in, at the fringe and I love that I yep. love shows with meanings but then you have to kind of like work on your strength isn't it and my strength is like short jokes that don't make sense <laughs> and uh, they do make sense yeah it's just short jokes yeah it is a laugh a minute it really yeah. is do you it know really Glenn is. Moore's joke about a laugh a minute I don't know it's so funny he says that he talks about how a laugh a minute is actually quite not good enough because if, <laughs> if you have one laugh and then you wait 60 seconds in silence but um that would mean we've only had 17 laughs in this whole 17 interview. 17 laughs i yeah. hope someone's keeping count exactly um <laughs> let's finish on a little bit of quick fire so you can only choose one of these okay, okay. croissants or a nice ham sandwich croissants come on psg or aston villa Ooh, i don't like football but i'm gonna go with PSG. Uh, PSG. Okay, is the right answer. Eiffel Tower or Blackpool Tower? Mm, same key ring. I'll go with uh, I'll go with the the Eiffel. No, okay. to Blackpool. Okay. Uh, Mona Lisa or uh, just being British and moaning about everything <laughs> in life. <laughs> I'd have to say going to the Mona Lisa as a British person and moaning about it. Yeah. It's moaning. So fucking small. There's it's so, so many small. In the way. There's a glass. Yeah. She yeah. doesn't talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're Jay-Z and Beyonce, you can't get close to it. No, for a friendly you? girl. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Hopefully as well, I'm going to end on one of your quotes here. I've been more than adequate in this interview. You've been so adequate. Thank you. You've been the most adequate boy in town. Yes, I'll take that. I'll put that <laughs> on my Twitter bio. So, Celia AB, 7.30 at the Pleasant's Courtyard. Runs until the 27th of August. You can get full details on the Fringe website. Celia, plug your socials as well before we finish. I'm AB Celia on all the social medias. And my telephone number. <laughs> and well, sort code and account number, please. Sort code, yeah. <laughs> Sally, it's been a pleasure, and thank you for taking time out to chat to us, and I wish you all the best for the Thanks rest so of the run. Thanks so much for having us. Have a lovely day. Cheers, Bye-bye. and you. Summer refreshed. Hello again, guys. Only me, uh, just to say, and I forgot to mention this, but Pod in a Pub with Edinburgh comedians Gareth War and Hannah Furweather. It's quite simply a podcast with two mates chatting about all kinds, both good and bad, recorded live at the Raging Bull. A host of subjects have been discussed in this short series from unique ways of winning the lotto, how AI could take over stand-up comedy, having a shit mid-golf round and then winning the tournament, Harry Styles speaking in bed, having your first kiss and calling a nun an ugly virgin loser. If you like award-winning stand-up comedy and have a spare 30 minutes, search Pod in a Pub on Spotify, Apple and Amazon Podcast and you can get clips and bits from the first series if you follow at Pod in a Pub on Instagram or X forward slash Twitter, whatever it's now called.